Hello and welcome back to the Firestarters Podcast. I'm Colin, here with Joe. Sprite Cranberry. Today, we've got a trade deadline buy and sell. Let's chop it up. It is Sprite Cranberry season, and you can still hit us up on Twitter at PodFireStarters. You can email us at thefirestarterspod at gmail.com. Give us your questions. We want to get you involved. But it is Saturday, November 20th. It's 1.42 p.m. Ohio State is dog-walking Michigan State. 49 to 0. CJ Stroud ties the school record for touchdowns. Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are both looking like first round draft picks. What's up, Joe? We got some some news coming in late Friday. Uh looks like Chris Carson will be missing the rest of the season due to that neck injury. Going to have surgery on it. So, I'll go out there and grab Alex Collins. He'll probably be getting the start. Rashad Penny, maybe. Uh, we also have Kamara ruled out. And it looks like Tony Jones Jr. will be activated off of IR before tomorrow's game. So he's a guy worth going out and grabbing. Elijah Mitchell is looking like he won't play due to a finger injury. So if Jeff Wilson Jr. is still out there hanging around, I would go grab him. Uh, might be worth grabbing Trey Sermon also. And the most important one is Amari Cooper uh, tests positive for COVID. So he will not be playing this weekend nor the Thanksgiving Day game. So uh, looks like Michael Gallup, Cedric Wilson will be filling in to uh, handle that volume. Is Amari unvaccinated? Yes. So that's, yeah, that's a guaranteed 10 days. Yep. That's tough. Yeah, tough break. But Gallup just coming back from injury is going to be slotted right back into a high workload. But CD will be bumped back out to the outside. You hate to see it. Yeah. Because Cedric Wilson will be relegated to mainly slot work. But Dalton Schultz might be seeing a little more action from Dalton Schultz. Yes. But that's not what we're here for today. It's true. Today we've got... Trade deadlines kind of swirling around. Some may have already happened. We apologize if you missed out already, but a lot of them are coming up. So we've got some guys to buy and some guys to sell for this upcoming trade deadline, mostly focusing on redraft. Actually, yeah. only focusing on yeah. redraft. Yeah. Well, I mean, if if you're looking to make that fine or. Uh, the, the playoff push in Dynasty might True. be worth trying to flip a couple guys. Because uh, some guys, you know, still young, still could be good for a couple years. But uh, what we mainly looked at was the three games that guys will be uh, going into if you were lined up for the playoffs. So weeks uh, 15, 16, and 17 of the regular season are the standard playoff game weeks. For most fantasy leagues. So those are the games we looked at. And uh, we've got quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs, and tight ends that we're going to throw at you. 
who we think could uh, be worth snagging or worth going after and uh, who might be smart to sell now while they are high and get a piece of something that could help you down the road. Yeah, so do you want to start with our quarterbacks? Do you want to start with buy or do you want to start with your sell? I I put sell first for everything. So did I. All right. Make more sense to me. So I'll let you lead it off. All right. So I have the QB 10 so far on the season as my sell candidate. Kirk Cousins, he plays at Chicago week 15, who is 19th in pass defense. Uh, But it's going to be cold as fuck because it's going to be late December. It is true. And then they play the Rams the week after that. So that's going to be rough. And then they play at Green Bay, which is also going to be cold as fuck. And they have a really good defense. So they play three really, really good defenses in a row. Plays two away games in Soldier Field and then in Lambeau with Aaron Donald and Von Miller in between. So I I want no parts of that. Ship him off <laughs> if you can. Because, I mean, he at the end of the day, even though it's Kirk Cousins, he still is the QB 10. Yeah, he, he he puts up good fantasy numbers, even though he might not win you the game in real life. He does produce from a fantasy perspective. His numbers are actually better than Aaron Rodgers so far this year, which is surprising. Yes. But, yeah, I agree. Get, get Kirk Cousins. Especially if you're going into Green Bay, which potentially would be the championship week. Yeah. You don't want to be trotting out Kirk Cousins as your QB1. No. And then he's obviously a very popular play in super flex leagues because, you know, everybody needs that QB value. So if you can flip him for a second quarterback like one of these guys that we'll say in the buy section, then you'll be prime time. Yeah. So I went with a very high-profile quarterback that has – what I think is one of the hardest playoff schedules, and that is Josh Allen, yeah, who is the QB3. So Josh Allen has to play Carolina at home, go to New England, and then he has Atlanta at home, which would be the championship game. So Carolina's pass defense ranks fourth versus quarterbacks in fantasy. Um, they average... Only 14.88 fantasy points per game against quarterbacks. Pretty rough. You're seeing that defense kind of add more pieces, bringing in um, Stephon Gilmore uh, came in. And I'm sure that uh, Brian Burns is a little nicked up right now, but I'm sure he'll be healthy later. And then the Patriots rank second versus quarterbacks. Uh, New England allows only 13.8 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks on average. They picked off the Falcons quarterbacks four times. Three quarterbacks had negative points against the Patriots Thursday night. And Josh Allen's worst fantasy performances the last two years both came against Bill Belichick. So it could be rough down there. And then he would have the Falcons in the championship game. Obviously, the Falcons suck, so it would be nice. 
But Josh Allen, you're looking for a lot of rushing upside, and the Falcons have only given up one rushing touchdown to quarterbacks. Usually yeah. it's something that's not, you know, you're not relying on that, but it is something worth noting considering Josh Allen can punch in those rushing touchdowns. Yeah, that week 16 game against the Patriots is really the one that you circle as this potential like stinker because like Bill Belichick will take away your best option no matter what so what he's going to do is he's going to take away Stefan Diggs and he's going to take away the scramble so he's going to force Josh Allen to make throws to Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders from the pocket which, I mean, he can do, but it's it's not going to be the explosive stat lines that you're expecting out of this top-tier quarterback. So, yeah, this is a this is a nice pick. I was looking at him, too, but I thought that that was a little, a little too yeah. high tier for me. But I, I could definitely see it. And then the Panthers are just getting better, and they could have J.C. Horn back by the time this game rolls around. He's targeting a late-season return, so that could just be another obstacle in terms of them. And I mean, their pass rush has been killer so far this year and Buffalo has no run game. So they can just pin their ears back and fly at them with Burns and Reddick and all of them. So if they have JC Horn back and Stefan Gilmore with like Jeremy chin in them, that, that could be a nice, nice defense. They they got a squad. That defense is fast too. Yeah. And looking looking at Josh Allen's schedule up to this point. Cupcake. Cupcake. He played Pittsburgh week one, which is the eighth-ranked defense versus quarterbacks. Then Miami, who's the 25th. Washington, who is the worst. Houston, who's 24th. KC, second-worst. Tennessee, 28th. Miami again. Jacksonville, 16th. And then the Jets, 22nd. And so versus Pittsburgh, he was... 30 for 51, 270 yards, one touchdown, rushed for 44 yards. They lost the game. He only put up 16.2. And then against Jacksonville, 31 for 47, 264 yards, two picks, 50 rushing yards, only 10.56. Yeah. So we really don't know what this team is against a defense is that, that is a little more competent. Is that weak? 16 game at New England, did you say? Yes. Oof. So they got home Carolina at New England, home Atlanta for those. Yeah, that 15, could be 16, a, 17. That could be a tough, tough conference championship game for you with Josh Allen playing at New England. So if you have Josh Allen, and like I'm saying, you want to sell, the guy that I would say to target to get a trade is Jalen Hurts. Mm, okay. Who is the QB four right now? I think is between four and six. Depends on the scoring for your league. Uh, but he has a beautiful schedule down the road. He's got Washington, the Giants, and then Washington again. Mm. So you're playing the Washington football team, who ranks last versus quarterbacks, giving up about twenty three point six fantasy points per game two QBs so you'd get them in the first round and then you'd get them again in the championship game and in between you have the Giants they rank 15th versus QBs middle of the pact but Hertz can make enough plays on the ground and either way he's still a top five quarterback 
as of right now from fantasy. So if you can make that swap, you're not giving up too much in the long run because Jalen Hurts is still a top five fantasy quarterback. And, I mean, Jalen Hurts, for the rest of the season even, has a really nice schedule just to kind of coast you into the playoffs if you flip Josh Allen for him. He's got the Giants, or he's got New Orleans upcoming, and then he's got the Giants and the Jets and then a bye, and then – he'll be fully ready to go for the playoffs because they have that week 14 bye. Yep. So, and then every all of his weapons will probably be healthy around him too. So, that's yeah. I like that. Jalen Hurts. And you could probably the thing is with Jalen Hurts is you could probably send Josh Allen and then get Jalen Hurts and a piece just because of name value. Exactly. Exactly. People might not even realize Jalen Hurts is a top five fantasy quarterback right now. Yeah, like it, like if you watch football, you'd be like, "There's no way." Yeah, right. <laughs> just from, from the eye test. Yeah, because you shut the Eagles game off at halftime. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> it's like, that's when Jalen Hurts does his best work. Yeah, so you might not even see it, and like you said, name value can mean a lot uh, when pushing a trade. And someone that might be a little depressed on value just based on their recent performances, I got Justin Herbert as a buy. Okay. Just been kind of struggling lately. Uh, Hasn't been getting the deep ball going like usual. The offense has slowed down, kind of relegated to a lot of short passing. But the fantasy playoff schedule is real nice. You got Kansas City at home which, I mean, is their home field advantage for the Chargers? Not really. No. And then they go to Houston, and then they play Denver. So this this kind of lines up for Justin Herbert where if they can get back on track, which I assume they will because Justin Herbert's really good, then they got three really easy pass defenses to go against at the end of the season. And hopefully that he can start linking up with Mike Williams again. Because when it was cooking with Mike Williams, the Chargers were cooking and Herbert was cooking. But, yeah, if you can – you could probably flip – I don't know exactly where Herbert's ranking in fantasy right now. But it's a a lot lower than, like, a Josh Allen. He's QB7 right now. So, yep, not having a bad year. But uh, week six, he had 11 against Baltimore. Then the bye – New England, he had 9.8. He blew up against Philly for 31. Then he had 12. So if in the Josh Allen situation, that Josh Allen has been putting up consistent numbers week after week, somebody could look, check game log, because that's what a person, like the first thing a person does when you ask them for a trade. You're like, hey, I'll give you Josh Allen for Justin Herbert plus whatever. Mm-hmm. And they go game log, and they're like, oh, Josh Allen's doing way better than, like, way more consistent than Justin Herbert. So, yeah. But Herbert has Denver, Cincinnati, Giants, Kansas City, Houston, Denver. And he just is right in that sweet spot of he's about to blow up. And same Kirk Cousins. I mean, you're not going to get Justin Herbert for Kirk Cousins. No. But. Same, same idea, where you could do Kirk Cousins plus a piece and might be able to pull in Justin Herbert. Yeah, going back to Kirk Cousins, um, a guy you could target that is around that same value is uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. 
I have Trey Lance. Try to snag both of them. One of them, if you've got that other, so- if you've got the solid QB and you can trade something else to pull in Trey Lance just yep. in case he gets the start, I would do it because they have probably the best uh, playoff schedule in my opinion. The Forty ers do. You've got yep. the Falcons, you've got the Titans, and then you got the Texans, which would be the championship week. Um, all three of these teams rank worse than 24th versus quarterbacks. Falcons give up about 21 fantasy points to quarterbacks. Titans about 20, and then the Texans 19. And then if it is Trey Lance playing, uh, Texans are tied for first for most rushing touchdowns given up to quarterbacks. Mm. So you are in a prime spot to feast. They have... Two games in that section are at home, so you're not really concerned about playing in like snowy weather conditions. And you're just kind of hoping that the 49ers are going to Trey Lance at that point. And even if you have Jimmy G, he can still shred the Falcons and the Titans and the Texans defenses. Just yeah, fine. Yeah, exactly. The only thing that worries me is the Titans pass rush against Jimmy Garoppolo, but... That that's why I have Trey Lance here because I I mean I don't know they're having a little bit of a resurgence here they just beat the Rams so like who knows I figured that they would be kind of bottoming out at this point where they would go to Trey Lance just based on th- what they should do yeah, but yeah you know who knows Shanahan's but, ego is in the way yeah but if Trey Lance is starting he's a instant lock just like Jalen Hurts because. The rushing upside is so good. Atlanta's rush defense is awful. Atlanta's defense is awful. Yeah, Atlanta's defense overall is just dog shit. Tennessee's rush defense is bad. They're ninth in DVOA against the pass, so not bad, but that's mainly because of their pass rush, and Trey Lance will be able to evade that a little more than Jimmy. And then Houston, who is a dumpster fire, so... It's a, It lines up perfectly. Yeah, I have Trey Lance here, and you can probably get him pretty cheap because he obviously hasn't played at all. Yeah, with the longer season, you still forget how many weeks are left. Like, like we're, like, going into week 11, and it's like, damn, there's only a few, like, few games left. And then you look, yeah. there's still six games left. I know. And then you got three games till the regular season and then the playoff games. So there's still more than enough time for – Jimmy G to go down with another weird calf injury or something like that. And all of a sudden, <laughs> Trey Lance is starting anyways. Yeah. So go out and get him. Well, in general, of- go, go out and get 49ers in general. Yeah, just because of that playoff schedule. And speaking of weird calf injuries, uh, my running back to sell is James Conner. So he has obviously the reins of the backfield right now. Yeah. But. Every time he's been a workhorse back, he's gotten injured. And he's at peak value right now. This is the perfect time to sell because Chase Edmonds will come back. Kyler Murray will come back. And they James Conner will go back to being a regular old running back to like good old 12 points a game from James Conner. Yep. Uh, the playoff schedule also isn't great for them. I mean, they played Detroit who is one of the worst run defenses in the league. But then they play Indianapolis, who's second in rush defense. Then they play Dallas, who is sneaky kind of good. 
Yeah. At defense, because usually defense. they're a Swiss cheese defense, but it's so trending far this upward. year. Yeah, so far this year they've been good, and so right now get off of James Conner. I mean, I I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> Chase Edmonds will be back. He's gonna take some of this backfield work. If someone is desperate for a running back right now, give him James Conner. And then pull back maybe somebody that is on IR. Like yeah. a Kareem Hunt, you right. know, who's on IR. And because you know Kareem Hunt gets those value touches. We say that all the time. Yep. And with that being said, I'd be looking to sell Nick Chubb right now. Yeah. Because similar situation. Yep. Kareem Hunt will be back for that playoff run, and he's going to lose those value touches. And he's got. Like, the Raiders' defense, you can shred their Raiders' defense. 24 versus running backs. They allow about 129 yards per game uh, against the rush. Uh, but on the road, they only allow about 117. Don't know how much of a correlation there is there to who they played. But they've only given up six rushing touchdowns on the season. That'd be your week one of the playoffs in in Vegas. And then week two would be... At Green Bay, who ranked ninth against running backs, they only allow 107 rushing yards per game. You're at Lambeau on Christmas. That place is going to be going bonkers. (laughs) So not to mention, who knows what the playing conditions could be like. And then for the championship week, you'd be at Pittsburgh. Uh, Week 8 versus Pittsburgh, Chubb rushed only 16 times for 61 yards, had one catch uh, for 8 yards. Just 7.9 fantasy points. It was his worst out point of the season. It was worst uh, yards per carry so far this season. Steelers are fifth versus running backs. They only allow 123 rushing yards per game. And up to this point, they've only allowed four rushing touchdowns on the season. So if Nick Chubb can take off this week coming back with Kareem Hunt, uh, Hunt out, and you can have a good game and you can flip him, I'd recommend doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And... Like you said, those those value touches, Nick Chubb just does not get them whenever Kareem Hunt plays. And he's also coming back from COVID now, so we have no idea if that's going to affect him negatively. Mm-hmm. So if, yeah, if he has another one of these big weeks where he's got 100 yards and two touchdowns and, like, five catches, that's the point to sell him because he's not going to get that as soon as Kareem Hunt comes back. Yep. It's the most frustrating thing because we know he can do it, but the Browns, I mean, they're saving his legs. He had that awful knee injury, so like it's smart because he is prone to getting banged up, but it's frustrating for us fantasy people to look at Nick Chubb whenever Kareem Hunt doesn't play and see him put up like 130 yards, two touchdowns, five catches, 65 yards, and it's like... Hey, <laughs> do that, that every Sa- single time. Is that, yeah, is that Saquon Barkley or yeah. in in twenty eighteen? But yeah, so Kareem Hunt will come back and he will eat into the workload a lot. And so, as as hard as it'll be to sell Nick Chubb at this point, now is the best time to do it. And the biggest thing is just the sheer passing volume that goes to Kareem Hunt. Nick Chubb's lucky in a game where Hunt is healthy, to get three targets at the most. And 
Like, yeah, you can run for 130 yards on the ground, but that's that's only 13 points. Exactly. When and Kareem Hunt, Hunt gets all the red zone touches. Exactly. So, so if he's not punching it in from 35 yards out, which he can do, and he does like <laughs> once every two games, but if he doesn't, then it's just like, hey, he had a fantastic day in real life. But in fantasy, it just does not translate. Exactly. Uh, but someone that has a little lesser name value that you could pick up for one of these guys, like a James Conner, pull in James Robinson. James Robinson has been solid this year. I mean, he gets all the work as he should, but the defenses he plays in the playoffs are prime. So he's got Houston, who is one of the worst rush defenses <laughs> in the league. Then they have the Jets, who are 31st in <laughs> rush DVOA. Yep. And then you have New England, who's going to take away everything from Trevor. Yeah. So this is just lining up for James Robinson to have 20 points per game in the playoffs and lead you to a championship. Because he, he, the thing is, people don't realize how much they rely on James Robinson in the passing game. James Robinson is no slouch when it comes to passing. You you thought they brought an ETN because James Robinson couldn't be a third down back. But James Robinson has proven since last year that he can be a three down back. He can run between the tackles. He can catch passes. He can block. He can he he calls out pass protection for Trevor. <laughs> like he is one of the smartest players on the Jaguars and he has a nice fantasy schedule for the chan- for for the playoffs. So, go grab James Robinson. He'll probably be pretty cheap because he doesn't have name value. Mm-hmm. And if you can trade Nick Chubb for him and a piece, that would be prime. Yeah, definitely. Uh since last year since he came in and he took over that backfield, we still question why they went out and drafted ETN. There was no reason to when you know what James Conner can do all by himself. Jim, James Robinson. James Robinson, not James Conner. Yeah, yeah. Too many Jameses. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's exactly, you know, because he's going to have that workload. He has the workload no matter what. Where a guy like Nick Chubb, that workload's going to fluctuate when Kareem Hunt comes back. James Conner, workload's going to fluctuate when uh, uh, Chase Edmonds come back. So, yeah, I like that. Another guy whose workload is pretty solid. And might be able to flip because, again, doesn't really have the name. And he's on the worst team in the league, Dondre Swift. Because the Lions suck. And he's their best player. And he has a beautiful playoff schedule. Uh, You've got the Cardinals. They rank 14th versus running backs. That is uh, 27th, though, in their last four games since J.J. Watt went out uh, with the shoulder the shoulder surgery. They allow about 116 yards per game rushing. Uh, they have only given up three touchdowns to running backs, but they have given up the most receptions to running backs so far this season. Ooh. And that is prime for puss arm Goff to <laughs> check it down to DeAndre Swift and let him do all of the work. So that'd be week one. Week two, Falcons. We said it a bunch. Falcons defense is Swiss cheese. They suck. They rank 30th against running backs. 
allow about 122 yards per game rushing, 166 yards per rushing at home. This game would be in Atlanta. And then for championship week, you're looking at the Seattle Seahawks, who rank 31st versus running backs. They've given up nine total touchdowns to Arby's, and they've given up the most receiving yards to running backs. So you got Arizona, who gives up the most receptions. Then the Falcons, who give up 160 rushing yards at home. And then you got the Seahawks, who give up the most receiving yards to running backs. Yep. Go, go get Swift. He's, he's going to average go 25 PPR points in the playoffs. Easily. <laughs> he's The thing is about DeAndre Swift, that's like that just blows my mind. He's a running running back 13 in standard. He's running back 5 in PPR. Yeah. Like that's just such a huge disparity just because he gets all of these checkdowns. Like he's had multiple double digit target games. He's their best wide receiver. <laughs> he's obviously their best running back. I mean, they should just run wildcat. <laughs> take Jared Goff out of the game. <laughs> they should do it this game. And oh man, but yeah, I I love it. the DeAndre Swift buy. The thing is, I don't think anybody that has DeAndre Swift is selling DeAndre Swift. Yeah, just because he's been you you probably got him in the third round of your draft, and he's been a first round like had first round production. Yeah, but if you can get DeAndre Swift and you can lure him in with one of these bigger names, with one of these Saquons. One of these Nick Chubbs. Or even know. with the Josh Allen, you know, quarterback swap type of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. If you can pair quarterback running back and get back quarterback running back. This is this is where you got to be, like, savvy as a manager. You got to yeah. look at their team and say, what does this person need? If they're light on receiver and you have, you know, three solid receivers and then you're one flex, you can be like, all right, I'll send them my quarterback and my decent flex, you know, my Keenan Allen and I'll ship him over there, get Deandre Swift and then maybe something back. And so you just got to kind of evaluate their roster and like, think what would I want if I was them? Because that's how they got to think they won the trade. Exactly. You have to go in the trade thinking that they're going to think they're going to win it. Exactly. That's, that's the way you get the guys you want. And that's the way they think they win the trade, which then they're more likely to accept the trade. Yep. Yeah, DeAndre Swift, definitely if you can get him, go get him. Uh, my next guy is Javante Williams. Me too. Yep. So he's eventually has to take hold of this backfield. <laughs> <We're>, it's just... <laughs> we're 11 weeks into saying it. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is... Uh, they have Cincinnati, they're at Vegas, they're at the Chargers. Yeah, you have the Chargers, Chargers in your championship game. Yep, that's what you want. They're the worst team against a rush in the league by far. And then that the Vegas has been just in a down spiral for the last three weeks, and Cincinnati hasn't been bad. Yep. I mean they've been fine, but Javante. The thing is, you can get him cheap right now. People that drafted him are frustrated because yep. Melvin Gordon is getting all the touches. But if you can go get him, he can be a second piece in a trade. In a pretty sizable trade, I guess, if mm-hmm. he's a second piece. But he can be the second piece in a trade 
and you can have a flex option or even an RB2 for the playoffs who has a solid schedule, and you just got to hope that he takes the reins of this backfield. And with that being said, you could also just go for Melvin Gordon, yeah. too. Because we've said it so many times, when you look at their production every single game, it is damn near identical from carries to rushing yards to receptions to receiving yards. It is incredibly similar week to week. And like you said, you're staring down the Chargers as your championship week game who allow 155 yards per game rushing. Mm. So even if they are still splitting time, <laughs> there's more than enough work to be had on the ground against the Chargers defense. They've given up 12 rushing touchdowns, which is the worst or second worst of the league. Uh, 13 total touchdowns given up to running backs. It's worth yeah. it. It is yep. worth it. Especially if that's a guy you're slotting into a flex who has RB1 upside at that point. Absolutely. Go for it. And I'm going to stick with the Broncos for my first wide receiver that I'm going to sell. Okay. I'm going to ship out Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton, if you have either of them. Ship them out. Uh, this doesn't have a ton to do with their schedule, though the Chargers being such a bad rush defense and a solid pass defense in championship week is a, a big uh, thing to take into consideration just because – they're going to run the shit out of the ball. Yeah. But this is more a Teddy <laughs> thing because he, he throws like 200 yards a game. So if you're counting on him to facilitate either Judy or Sutton or both, it's not really – it hasn't really transpired so no. far. So they're going to run the ball. They're <laughs> – I mean, they're playing – Again, Cincinnati, Las Vegas, Chargers, bad run defenses. So if you if you can sell Judy, Judy will obviously be easier to sell than Sutton just because he's been getting the targets and getting the production since he's been back. But if you can sell him and get somebody that we'll talk about coming up next, then that, that would be very nice. Yeah, it's even sell Tim Patrick too. Yeah, he might draw the most. <laughs> you know, the, you might get the best package out of Tim Patrick just because he's the one that scored the touchdowns. <laughs> from most the underrated, wide uh, most underrated player in the league. <laughs> the most no-name name in the league. Yeah, <laughs> the John Smith you know, <laughs> name. But yeah, it, Teddy's at best a game manager. He's not gonna feed all the mouths. And if you're trying to throw a dart to think you can guess which one's going to be the one to flourish, yeah, not something you want to be doing, especially in your championship week. Yep. And so, you know, you're looking for that consistency. And the guy I would be looking to sell has been completely inconsistent all year, and that is wide receiver 18, Terry McLaurin. Mm. He's been up and down, riding that roller coaster. We talked about it last week about his scores you know he's got like three really good scores all 25 plus where he scored touchdowns and the rest of them have been pretty mediocre and his schedule is at philly at dallas and then philly for your championship week the eagles rank fourth versus wide receivers they've given up the fifth least receiving yards and they've only given up seven receiving touchdowns to wide receivers so far this year 
They lock down on the outsides. Terry is the only option at wide receiver for this team still because Curtis Samuel hasn't been able to get on the field. They're not going to feed targets to Adam Humphreys. And without Logan Thomas back yet, or and now Ricky Seals-Jones could even miss uh, this Sunday, that just pass catchers in general, everything's going to be funneled to Terry. And if you take away the one guy, pass game's pretty much dead. It's not going to be able to shake defenses. I'd try to get off him. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the, like, dynasty darlings. Uh, But in redraft, it's just he's so inconsistent, and the quarterback play is so inconsistent, and obviously that goes hand-in-hand. But, yeah, even when he gets double-digit targets, it doesn't necessarily mean production, which is kind of the thing that you expect. It's like, yeah, he got 11 targets but he turned it into four catches for 46 yards. So that's exactly kind of what you're talking about, where even if he's getting funneled the ball, uh, they might not necessarily be catchable. (laughs) They might not necessarily be, like, good throws, accurate throws. So, yeah, I, I mean, he got 12 targets against Green Bay and only turned it into seven catches. Though, being the big play guy that he is, it was 122 yards, but turning out half of your targets into catches is not very good. And same with at Atlanta, another big game because he had two touchdowns, but he got 13 targets, only pulled in six of them. So yeah. this this is ha- this is a trend. So if you can get off Terry, definitely, uh, that, that's, that's a good call. And I would look to flip him for a guy who gets that similar target share but seems to be able to reel in most of his targets, and that's Deontay Johnson. I also have Deontay Johnson. Landon, in a very similar uh, range, he's wide receiver 22, pretty much only because he missed one game early in the season, but he just commands such a massive target share for the Steelers. Uh, uh, he's got double-digit double targets in six out of eight games. He's got four games with 13 targets, and he faces the Titans at home, Chiefs in Kansas City and then Cleveland for the championship week. Titans are the worst team versus wide receivers. They've given up 14 touchdowns. That is tied for the most in the league. Uh, They've given up the most receiving yards and receptions to wide receivers. 10 more receptions than any other team. More than 200 receiving yards than ever uh, any other team have been given up. And Deontay can make a little or he can make a lot out of a little. Yep. So they like throwing the quick hitters to him and let him work with his speed. And then you've got the Chiefs week two. Decent against the pass. Uh, but this game could have a lot of implications based on yep. the playoff seeding and everything. So it could be a shootout. You could be looking at a 40-40 game in Kansas City week 16. And obviously you're going to be passing a lot. Deontay's going to be the main beneficiary, being the number one target. And then you're going to the, or at home versus the Browns, who give up 285 yards per game passing on the road. They've given up 11 touchdowns, 1,700 yards to wide receivers. He was 6 for 13 for 98 yards in week 8 against Cleveland for 15.8 fantasy points. You're going to see the similar production just because 
unlike Terry, Deontay reels in a lot of the targets. Yeah, him and Ben have fantastic chemistry. And it's like one of the more proficient connections in the NFL. And he just gets peppered with targets every single game. So in in the only game that he got under five targets, he had 72 yards and a touchdown just because <laughs> yeah. he catches, usually catches that one bomb. Yep. Big Ben will take one either at the beginning of the game or coming out of halftime after he gets a painkiller shot into his arm. <laughs> so you'll take that bomb down the right sideline yep. to Deontay. And if he hauls it in or not, we'll kind of decide if he's going to have 25 or 15. Mm-hmm. So, it, and luckily in week 16, they play Kansas City, who has Daniel Sorensen. So <laughs> yeah. they'll yes. probably connect on that deep ball. And then Cleveland, I mean, they have a nice secondary, so it'll probably be looking more like that nine receptions for 71 yards or like they played last time, the six receptions for 98, where it's kind of more that 10 to 15 yards per catch rather than stretching it further than that. And even with Mason Rudolph throwing in the ball last week, he was still 7 for 13 for 83 yards. Yep. So he's almost quarterback proof. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, I also had him as my first buy. Um my second buy is Darnell Mooney. Okay. The Bears wide receiver one. Um he him and Justin Fields just have a connection. Yep. And it's turned out I mean, he had last four weeks I I mean Tampa Bay obviously was awful because Justin Fields was awful because they just blitzed the dog shit out of him. But outside of that, he had 15.5 against Green Bay, who has been solid against receivers. 13.4 against San Francisco, who's also been pretty solid against receivers. And then 20.6 at Pittsburgh, who we were talking about, who have a solid defense. So him and Justin Fields have been connecting often. I think Allen Robinson has been nursing this hamstring all year. Because he just looks slower, and now he's doubtful going into this next week. After the bye, it just seems – something seems off yeah. with Allen Robinson, and it has all year. But Mooney is the beneficiary. He has no name value, and he's on the Bears. So you can get Darnell Mooney for cheap as a throw-in. I mean, there I don't think there's a lot of people out there in redraft that are starting Mooney week in and week out. And if you can get him – He's got Minnesota, who's solid against the pass. They're six in DVOA against the pass. Then they got at Seattle, who have an awful pass defense mm-hmm. in terms of yardage. And then they have the Giants, who are kind of middle of the pack. Yep. So it's a solid championship slate. And it's just him and Fields have a connection. He's good for one like 25-yard chunk play a game. And uh, whatever I was going to say next. He's just really good. He's just really good. <laughs> He's good. Fields is looking better and better every single week. Uh, throwing on the run by Fields has been really impressive. And like you said, the, him and Mooney, they, just, they seem to click. They just click. And that's, that's what you're looking for. You want... If you're not getting the high amount of targets, you want 
him getting all of the catches on the targets. And Mooney's able to do that with fields just because they're clicking. Oh, and also what I was going to say before is Mooney is getting used like a number one option. Yes. He's kind of like what they try to do with A.J. Brown in Tennessee where they're just trying to get him the ball no matter what. Like they're handing him the ball like they did in the last game. They had him do a read option with uh, whoever was in that running back at the time, Dave Montgomery. Mm -hmm. And like he took it to the house. They're just trying to get this guy the ball. So, yeah, go grab Darnell Mooney. They're treating him like a wide receiver one. Justin Fields clicks with him like a wide receiver one, and he's starting to put together those kind of numbers. Yeah, another guy that has that same sort of connection with their quarterback that he's looking like the wide receiver one, and that is Jalen Waddell. Uh, he's the wide receiver 24, and he has the Jets at home, then he goes to New Orleans, and then he goes to Tennessee in the championship matchup. So, last four weeks, you know, this Jets defense, historic pace for being absolutely awful. Uh, they've given up, I think, the second most yards since 1970 or something like that. Um, yeah. But they give up over 300 passing yards on the road. They've given up seven touchdowns, 1,500 yards to wide receivers. They rank 18th versus wide receivers. And Waddle is the de facto number one. He is Tua's favorite target, tied with Mike Jasicki. So you've got the Jets, who suck. The Saints, who are also actually really bad versus wide receivers. Yeah. They rank 29th versus wide receivers. They've given up 10 touchdowns and 1,700 yards. And at home, they give up 360 yards per game passing. Jeez. I don't know if there's just a couple games that that's the reason, but they get torched. And this game would be in New Orleans. And then the championship game, you're facing the worst team against wide receivers. Uh, Titans have given up 14 receiving touchdowns. Said it earlier. They give up the most receiving yards. Waddle's like primed to feast, and similar to Mooney, could probably get him as a throw-in. Yeah, and the thing is with Waddle, he's I hate his usage because he they use him wrong. (laughs) Yeah, he should be a big play guy, but his usage is really good for PPR. Yeah, because they pepper him with those short distance targets and so he ends up with that 10 catches for 70 yards or that eight catches for 83 yards but if he tacks on a touchdown to those those are huge days like that jacksonville game that i taught that i just referenced with 10 catches for 70 yards he also had two touchdowns so that's a 32.8 point game yeah i mean that's kind of like deontay johnson yep and they use him similarly where they're just throwing it short. And you you mentioned the Saints game. They have the best rush defense. They allowed two yards per carry. They, that's the best rush defense in ESPN's recorded stat database for yards per carry. Like, they're going to be throwing the ball. Yeah. <laughs> and they're probably going to be getting beat pretty bad. Yeah. So... <laughs> That's a really nice game script for Jalen Waddle. He'll be their run game 
him and I mean Miles Gaskin will probably be getting some catches out of the backfield, but it's going to be a lot of Jalen Waddle. And then Tennessee, I mean Tua again will be under pressure the entire game. Their D line is really good, and Jalen Waddle is going to be his outlet. So he's going to be getting just targeted a ton. So I I like that Jalen Waddle and again low name value. He's only the wide receiver. 24. Wide receiver 33 in standard. Yeah. Wide receiver 24 in PPR. That's kind of what I'm talking about, where he's jumps up those nine spots just because he gets all those short targets. He had 12 catches for 58 yards against the Raiders. And so, yeah. yeah he's gross. only 67% started, so he's probably on a lot of guys' benches, too. So go out and inquire about Jalen Waddell. Then I had a couple honorable mentions. Okay. Um, Odell. Okay. Go get Odell. Robert Woods was a wide receiver 19 prior to tearing his ACL, and OBJ is just going to walk right into that exact role. They've got the bye week this week. Expect OBJ to come out week 12 and get you that 10 to 19 that Robert Woods was getting you every single week. Yeah, this this is a solid pickup. People will probably, if they have Odell, be just irate <laughs> that yeah. this season has gone the way it has. And then they might look at the stat line that he had last week as his first game as a Ram, three targets, two catches, 18 yards, and be like, all right, that's enough. I'm getting rid of Odell. And then you could swoop in and be like, hey, let me, uh, let me get him. <laughs> Instead you know? of you dropping him, like, you might as well slide him my way. I'll give you a little something back, you know, a little Rondale Moore. <laughs> Van but, Jefferson. Yeah, a little Van Jefferson. But he only played 27% of their snaps. So that's kind of where it gets you. And then, yeah, they have a pretty nice schedule, too, in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. if you can get Odell for basically nothing, go go do that. And I, I have an honorable mention <laughs> that you can get for next to nothing. And that's Brandon Ayuk. So I, I know you, you're not very happy with this one, but Brandon Ayuk was easily their best player on the team last year. And we've known that all season. And he still hasn't been getting catches. But he had the two of his last three games. He has seven and eight targets. He has put up 13 or more PPR points. They have a cupcake schedule in the playoffs with Atlanta at Tennessee and then Houston. Debo Samuel has never played a full season in the NFL. Okay, so there's a chance Debo goes down, and if you have Brandon Ayuk stashed on your bench, he will have to get targets. There, There is no other option. You saw it last year. There's can't be that much that has changed from last year when Debo's out to this year if Debo goes out and Brandon Ayuk can take over that role. The thing is, this is a bench player with tremendous upside. It's like Atlanta, Tennessee, and Houston are the three teams. We mentioned it when we said go get Jimmy Garoppolo, go get Trey Lance. Somebody has to benefit off of them, and if Brandon Ayuk can work his way back into this offense, which we have seen that he's been doing lately – he had a bad game against the Rams, but he's playing the most snaps that he has all season. Then 
this can be a huge upside play as a buy low. Go get Elijah Mitchell instead. <laughs> just, just go get you Eli pay Mitchell way instead. more for Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, no, he's hurt right now. He's not even going to play this week. Go get Jeff Wilson Jr. Go get anybody. Just you, you, you have hope that Ayuk is going to be this. Just like I had hope Ayuk was going to do anything from the start of the year. I had him in multiple leagues. And Whoa. Shanahan's just not going to do it. That you're, We've talked about it week after week. This you is, don't this just is, get out of Shanahan's to, doghouse. It has to do with your expectations, though. Like, and my expectation you, is he's not going to get used just like he's not. He's exactly. behind Kittle. He's the, behind Debo. He's behind Elijah Mitchell. He's behind Jeff Wilson Jr. Okay, so you go to somebody like Joe, who has Brandon Ayuk sitting on their bench, if they haven't dropped him yet, and you say, hey, I'll give you whatever for Brandon Ayuk. Joe says yes, and then you have Brandon Ayuk just stashed on your bench for basically free, and you wait, and then Debo goes down with a pulled hamstring, like he does in week 14 against Chicago, and then Brandon Ayuk is their number one receiver. And he goes back to doing what he did last year. So that that's where it's like there's this this massive upside for a guy that you can get for dirt cheap. But you're still, you're still trying to predict an injury on it. You're still... No, I know, but, I mean, there's a historic precedent set for the guy that could get banged up. I mean, it, Debo He's, he's been in the league for two years. He's been in the league for – this is his third season. Yes. He played, what, almost games, every Almost games. every game is rookie year. And then he played six games in 2020. I mean, he left banged up last week already with a shin. I mean – Again, I'm just saying. You would need Kittle to get hurt. You would need these running backs to get hurt. Too. I, I, I don't. I disagree. Just fundamentally. And even if guys get hurt, it doesn't matter to Shanahan. He's not going to push a guy up the depth chart. You've seen it. All the running backs were hurt, and he went to Kyle Juszczyk instead of Trey Sermon. But Ayuk has already started to produce more this year, in two games. The two of the three most recent games that have happened. Don't touch any 49ers. <laughs> Just don't. So go to somebody like Joe and get it, Brandon Ayuk for nothing. If Kyle Shanahan is fired week 13, go ahead. <laughs> go do, go get him. Other than that, I, I don't advise. <laughs> Unless you're getting, like, like Khan said, unless you, if you're getting him, for literally nothing, or picking them up off of waivers, fine. But don't don't give up anybody that you have a chance of playing. <laughs> That's, don't do that. Well, exactly. I am, I am not, so I'm like, not advising you go and trade somebody good for Brandon Ayuk because Brandon Ayuk has not been good. The only value he has on your team is a guy that can sit the bench with hopes of becoming what he was because – he is starting to get back involved in this offense. That is the only reason that I bring up Brandon Ayuk. Because the upside is there, 
and he is dirt cheap right now. That is why I bring him up. Yeah, I hate him. <laughs> but we can move on. Go get Devontae Smith, though. Yes. He plays Washington twice for the playoffs, just like we mentioned with Jalen Hurts. Washington ranks 31st versus wide receivers. They're atrocious. Uh, their pass rush is hurt, chases out for the season. Jalen Hurts is going to have all year to throw the ball, and Devontae Smith is an incredible route runner, and he's really fast. Yep. He'd go crazy. If you can swap <laughs> another guy that, if you can swap Terry for Smith, mm. do it. Yep. Because it'll pay off in the long run. And Smith and Jalen Hurts are getting on the same page more and more often now. And that's just it's it, he's getting hit out of his breaks now rather than Hurts having to scramble around and then find them. Yeah. So Hurts is becoming more confident as a pocket passer, just as a quarterback in general. And Devontae Smith has been open this entire season. And now you're starting to see the benefits of that. If you can get him now, go get him now. You could probably, after this week, they play New Orleans. He might have a down game if Marshawn Lattimore is shadowing him. If you can get him after this week, then go do that. Because Devontae Smith is really good. Yeah. And like you said, he's starting to catch the ball more out of his break, so he's on the move now when he's getting the ball, and that is when he is the most dangerous, is when he's yeah. already got a full head of steam, and these guys are trying to come up and make a play on him, and he can just make one cut, take off. Mm. Yep. Love me some Devontae Smith. Slim Reaper. Slim Reaper. Ooh. <laughs> KD, yeah. <laughs> Over the wide series. <laughs> okay. All right, and last we got our tight ends. This was hard. Um, my <laughs> my tight end will be relevant again for the next two weeks. My guy to sell, Dalton Schultz, who we mentioned at the top. Because now that Amari Cooper is going to miss the next two games with COVID, so you're basically doing the same thing that they were doing when Gallup was out, but now Gallup is in the Cooper spot. So CD moves to the outside. Cedric Wilson goes into the slot. Schultz is utilized in the passing game more on the short routes than rather than Cedric Wilson. But when C.D. Lamb is in the slot, when all three of these guys are healthy, you don't see Dalton Schultz as much because C.D. Lamb is much better than Dalton Schultz. So, not to mention, he's got a a brutal uh, playoff schedule at the Giants. They rake 16th versus tight ends, and then at home versus Washington, they rake 18th. But then the championship game at home against Arizona, who is number one against tight ends and have only allowed one touchdown to tight ends so far this season. So I would say get off of Dalton Schultz. He's still ranked pretty high. He's coming off of one of his worst games of the season. People might just look at his scores and be like, oh, he's pretty consistent. That could be the one outlier game. But uh, Michael Gallup has more to do that than actually Dalton Schultz having to do with that. And if your trade deadline is later, then you could wait out these two weeks where you can expect two kind of smash games and then sell as high as possible and pull in a different tight end. Because, I mean, you don't really see... If if you're getting rid of a tight end, you better be getting a tight end back because there's not a whole lot of them worth rostering. So, yeah, Dalton Schultz, I mean, he's been consistent throughout the season but like like we said before and you highlighted it's 
when all the receivers are playing, he's just not going to be as relevant. There's too many mouths to feed, and as good as Dak is, it's not going to be four different guys being completely relevant. And I expect Gallup to be the beneficiary rather than Dalton Schultz. Yep. Uh, my guy to sell is the tight end four. Kyle Pitts. Uh, his quarterback is dog shit. <laughs> his O-line is dog shit. We don't know if Calvin Ridley is going to be back by the end of the season. And they also play Buffalo in the championship, <laughs> who is the number one pass defense in the NFL. Yeah. So they also play San Francisco in the first round of the playoffs. You will probably have a good game in the championship game against Detroit. But it's also at home, and they're awful at home, which is just <laughs> – boggles my mind but yeah i mean Kyle Pitts has been kind of inconsistent he has boom weeks and the boom weeks he looks really good with his like nine for 119 seven for 163 but the down weeks are down and as teams figure out that he is their only reliable (laughs) consistent option they will start to levy all their coverage towards him I love Kyle Pitts. He's so good, but it's more about their offense and the name value that he has. You can get a good tight end for Kyle Pitts and probably something else. You can get like a Dawson Knox plus something else with Kyle Pitts. But, yeah, I'd be getting off of Pitts now, maybe after the Jacksonville game, let him recoup value, let people see what kind of a freak he is and then ship him out. Yeah. Yeah, he's got so much talent, but the talent around him is so ass that it's like, we just got to cover this guy, and if Alameda Zacchaeus or Tajay Sharp beat us, yeah, you know, so be it. Yeah. Quadre Olison, Mike yeah. Davis... Russell Gage. Whoever number 40 was that was running the ball for him. I swear. Kenneth Smith or something. Something like that. They couldn't even give our our boy uh, Wayne Galvin (laughs) Galvin. some burn. (laughs) Yeah, it it is tough for the 49ers. But yeah, like you said, obviously this is not something you're doing in Dynasty. No. Um, No, no, no. No, no. Of course, in redraft. Just redraft him again next year. Yep. Because <laughs> hopefully. And then the year after that, and the year yeah. after that. And yeah. The year, just if you're draft Kyle Pitts every year. But, I mean, without Ridley, and especially without Patterson, who it was has. so uh, easy to just yeah. take Pitts out of the game. Right. If And then they play Tampa week 13, too, which is going to be rough. I mean, so, yeah. I. I'd be getting off of Kyle Pitts. I agree. And with that, I recommend doing what I did before the season. And that was going and getting Logan Thomas. Me too. He is still hurt right now. He looks like he could be back next week. You could also go get Ricky Seals-Jones, who's proved to be the uh, the handcuff to Logan Thomas. <laughs> yeah. Um, because... What they got is the Eagles twice, week 15 and then 17 championship week, 
and they rank 32nd versus the tight end. They've given up the most yards, most receptions, and most touchdowns to tight ends by a wide margin. They've given up 15 more catches than any other team, 80 more yards than any other team, and two touchdowns more than any other team. So if Logan Thomas is healthy, or Ricky Seals-Jones is healthy, they could be in absolute smash spots for the playoffs. And Logan Thomas, like I said, he's been out since October 6th on IR with the hamstring injury. So you can probably get him for cheap just because he's been hurt so long. Ricky Seals-Jones doesn't have the name value. He might even still be on waivers right now. Yep. Go grab him. Let him sit. Because I plan on starting Logan Thomas my championship week. If I get there over Kyle Pitts, yep. just right. because he could shred the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I also have Logan Thomas here. It's just, it's the perfect situation to buy somebody because they've been sitting on IR doing nothing. The, probably, the guy probably forgot that he has Logan Thomas on his <laughs> roster. Like, it, <laughs> yeah, you, you've been starting Tyler Conklin so many weeks in a row that, you just like, ah, oh, you're happy with the 11 that you're getting from him. Yep. So Logan Thomas, when he plays and when he's healthy, is easily the wide receiver two on this offense. And Taylor Heineke likes him, and Ryan Fitzpatrick liked him. So it it's just a solid – he was having a really nice season while he was healthy too. Mm-hmm. So if you can get Logan Thomas, you could probably get him for pretty cheap. And if you can trade Kyle Pitts – for Logan Thomas and something else because and get a flex like, out of it. I want Kyle Pitts. Yep. You know, because it's Kyle Pitts and he's a freak. But Logan Thomas has this beautiful playoff schedule and then you can get oh, another wide receiver or whatever else. With it, that'd be prime time. And then the other guy I had to go by is Dan Arnold. Yes. Tight end number 19. Uh, Since week five, he has had seven targets, four catches, and 60 yards in four of five games. Young quarterbacks love their tight ends. We say it a million times. And Dan Arnold is no exception. The only issue is, uh, we said it when we were talking about James Robinson, Jacksonville plays New England for what would be the championship week. But before that, he's got Houston and the Jets. Yeah. I mean, this is just a solid play. He gets a hefty target share in yeah. this offense. Trevor and him have been clicking. All of like the wide receiver options there just haven't been open nope. very much. Which I mean, I don't I get with like Marvin Jones, he's never really been a separator. We thought LaVisco was gonna be this guy yeah but jamal agnew has taken all of his secret sauce and dan arnold has been the main beneficiary so yeah if, if you can go get dan arnold trevor loves them they play a nice schedule coming up even before that they have atlanta san francisco the rams which will be rough then they have tennessee who we've said let up a lot of fantasy points to receivers Dan Arnold is basically a receiver in this offense. Mm-hmm. Then they have Houston and the Jets in the playoffs. New England will be rough, so hopefully you have another tight end in there that you can slot in because it might be tough, but who knows? Dan Arnold could be the only fantasy-relevant guy on the team yeah. against New England. New England could I'll take say. out James Robinson 
<laughs> and, and and Laviska, and then you're looking at Dan Arnold just being open. <laughs> yeah, just like tight end screens, I could see just happening. And <laughs> but uh, I have Evan Ingram as my Ooh. buy. Uh, they have Dallas, and then they have Philly, and they have Chicago. Uh, he gets a bunch of targets. That's what you want out of a tight end. That's it. Yep. He's one of the few tight ends that you can count on to get like a decent amount of yards. Hasn't been a great season so far this year, but he's been getting more involved as of late. He's been playing more snaps as of late. They had to buy. He'll be healthy. Though he'll suck against Tampa Bay. And that's when you swoop in by low. They play Philly. They play Miami. They play the Chargers. They play Dallas. They play Philly. They play Chicago. So that could be a stretch of really nice games. I mean, he's had double digits for the last five games. All all you want if you don't have one of the big tight ends, one of the big name tight ends, is double digits. Yep. You just want to get ten to fifteen out of your guy. And Evan Ingram is good for that. To get you your three catches for thirty eight yards. Got finally he's getting on the board with touchdowns too. Mm-hmm. He's getting looked at in the red zone. So him and Danny should be hooking up. Saquon will be back to pull a little less attention or a little more attention away from him. Uh, and then once these receivers start getting healthy, he'll probably benefit even more from that. I like it. I like it. I like me some Evan Ingram. I wish he got traded at the NFL trade deadline. Me too. Because he would be like a freak in one of these really good offenses. Yep. What? All we can do is talk about the league. <laughs> it's true. We have no power <laughs> outside of that. You can also probably get Evan Ingram off the wire. He's only 38% rostered on Sleeper. Yeah. So you might not even have to buy him. After this week, just go pick him up. So there you have it. There you have it. You got a heat check? Ah, nothing. Nothing burning a hole. Huh? What you got for me? Uh, Sprite Cranberry should be more accessible. <laughs> Shouldn't have to Absolutely. run to four different stores to to find it. I mean, I I can I I love Sprite Cranberry. It's uh, one of the the things that makes me the most happy about the holiday seasons. <laughs> and uh, last year, I was fiending for some Sprite Cranberry. <laughs> it was down bad. And it was, like, December 10th. And I was like, all right, let me go get some Sprite Cranberry. Go to the gas station. No. I'm like, damn. Go to the grocery store. Nope. Damn. <laughs> go to the fucking Dollar Tree. Nope. Uh, anywhere with a cooler. Anybody. <laughs> God <laughs> damn, Sprite Cranberry. <laughs> no. I'm looking it up. I'm like, who's got some Sprite Cranberry near me? <laughs> Nothing. So, uh, I, I'm i all in on this take. Uh, Sprite Cranberry it should just be everywhere on every shelf from, like, November 15th to December 30th. Please, Sprite Cranberry is nice. You also can't get cherry-flavored white soda anywhere anymore. Like, you can't find Cherry Sprite, can't find Cherry Squirt, Sierra Mist... Literally I like, anything. I feel like Cherry Sprite's at Quick Trip. 
Can you get a two liter? A two liter? No. Yeah. See? You can't get 12 packs or two liters anywhere. They just sell individual bottles of this stuff now. Since the pandemic hit, they took all the good stuff off the market. Yet they're still still pumping out voodoo Mountain Dew that tastes (laughs) like dog shit every single year. I can't even find an RC Cola anywhere. I got a weak spot for RC Cola. <laughs> oh, man. Well, <laughs> we used to call Louis Scola RC Cola Scola. <laughs> Just because I say it right. So, I, always, I always loved Dr. Thunder. Dr. Thunder is fire. <laughs> I, I always loved Dr. Thunder. I could I could go down, get some fucking vanilla Coke, too. Oof. That's the only dark soda that I, I just like. If I see it, it's the right day. It's like ooh. Every time I look coke. Every time I go to Moe's and they got the they got the machine. Yeah, the freestyle. Free yes, vanilla coke. Every yep. time. Mm. Another one, Pepsi. They got a cream soda now. Yeah, Logan said that it's not, it tastes like Pepsi. Yeah, it does. With an, <laughs> with a cream soda aftertaste. Okay. I haven't tried the. Uh, Black cherry one yet, but oh, it's probably good. Yeah, I like it's black probably going to taste like cherry Pepsi. Probably. I don't know why they made a black cherry Pepsi when they already have a cherry Pepsi. Hey. But. They're reaching out. Putting feelers out, you know. Yeah, In I case guess something so. hits. Just like Sprite <laughs> Cranberry hit as soon Sprite as it cranberry, came out. That shit hit. I don't see. You, did you have Sprite Cranberry before it was Winter Spice Cranberry? No. That shit was good. And then they did Winter Spice Cranberry, and it was like, it's not as good, but like, you know. It still gets you. It still gets me. Yeah. Still, <laughs> still scratches the itch. <laughs> uh, so that's what I got. All right. Well, I, I don't got anything for that. I'll, I'll tag along on your Sprite <laughs> Cranberry. Uh, that shit's fire. But, yeah, I, I went out and bought seven two liters <laughs> because I know that you cannot find that shit. That was the moral of the story for me going out and scrounging through the fucking snow and trying to look for some Sprite Cranberry last year. I had to stock up this year. That's the way to do it. Smart way to do it. Last but, a long time. Yeah, absolutely. And it's out in the garage, too, because it's cold enough Stay here. Stay chilled. Yeah. Stay chilled. Yep. Oh, but that's all that we got for you on this edition of the Firestars Podcast. I'm sure nobody is still here. Uh, but we appreciate you if you are. Uh, you can hit us up at Pod Firestars on Twitter. You can email us at the Firestarterspod at gmail.com. And we will talk at you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye.